Welcome back to the Gods to Ghosts Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for part five of our interview with the rabbit, Dennis Hare. Let's pick up where we last left off in part four. All right, Dennis, you played against some pretty talented players over your career and some guys that could really hit the ball. Who were some of the most impressive hitters that you played against and in, in why? Well, this wasn't even on the beach. Seeing this is a more indoor. When I was <clears throat> drafted into the Army, which was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. at Fort Ord, actually, is where I went. And uh, that was actually a scary situation because it was like in 1969. I was there and uh, not too good. But anyway, uh, they're having tryouts for the Army Army's team, and I was drafted into the Army. They came that we were having the tryouts, and... I get in there with about another 20, 20 guys that were going to try out for the volleyball team. So um, we're warming up and playing and everything, and all of a sudden this guy comes in front of the back door and says, "Stop! Stop! Stop the movement! Stop the playing! Watch me!" And everyone's laughing and who is this guy? And uh, he went up to hit a ball by from the. Dave so- Soji, who was a great player oh, in sure. his own right, played for Santa Barbara. And um, he said, okay, sit over here and, and, and watch me. Look at me. We all laugh. Are you kidding me? Who is this guy? <laughs> so Dave Soji sets him the ball, and he jumped about 45 inches high, hit the ball straight down, and hit the roof. It was such a, we all just dropped our jaws and no. couldn't believe it because my name is Mike Norman. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Storm and Mike was, Norman. Norman <laughs> Norman, yeah, you're right. You got it. You got it, baby. You got it. Oh, my gosh. That, that was our, uh, he, of course, he was the lead, leader in the team in hitting and everything. And, uh, I played, but I didn't play a, a real significant part of it. I was just beginning, still becoming a learning the indoor game too. Mm-hmm. So when I had a chance, I'd go down to the beach, play ball, and play ball in Monterey at this court, probably the most beautiful volleyball court in the world. And had, you've been to Monterey, haven't you? I have. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. You see that one court there? No, I didn't see the volleyball court. I just kind of was like in passing that I think that I recall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, on the lines of that kind of a player was a guy named uh, Toshi Toyota. Oh, gosh. And he had about a 40, 
43 jump. It was unbelievable. So I started seeing some of these guys that were great indoors, but just, you know, too small for the beach. Mm -hmm. So we got Normand and uh, Toshi, two big uh, jumpers, to put it mildly. I've seen those pictures of Toshi, and he's literally like the only player I've ever seen that jumped as uh, as high as he was tall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So anyway, it was uh, really a lot of fun watching them play. I guess there was John Stanley. That's it. Ah. And he was a great, great player. And he played on the Air Force team. So we got together one team to combine the Air Force, Marines, and Army. And we put together a team that would played in the Nationals. And uh, I, I did start a couple games in the Nationals. And uh, which was a lot of fun. We really had a good team. Then going down and back to the beach, I'll, I'll give my first shot to Tom Shamalas. I thought he was he was thunderous when he hit the ball. Let's see, you got Von Hagen, of course. Larry Rundle. Oh boy, there's so many that I played against. I played against them all as far as. As uh, big name players, I never did get to see Gene Selznick play, or or some of the real oldies, but goodies, Mike Bright. Mm -hmm. um, it was. I heard so many stories about him. I really wish I could have, but I was right in that intermediate area mm -hmm. between, you know, Von Hagen and, and Lang, and yeah all these guys that's a pretty good list right there um what was it about shamalis that made it such an impressive uh hit was uh was it just you know power straight down i mean i always was curious uh what made him so special compared to most other people when it comes to the hitting stories yeah yeah just uh, his pure power and his momentum of coming up to hit the ball. Henry Bergman had that too, where you wait, you wait, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you go f forth, mm -hmm. and you uh, basically try to get out of the way. <laughs> you don't get hit, because if you got hit by a forehead, it'd probably take your forehead out. You'd be cussed. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're right, you're right. Seems... But uh, I remember in the finals of Hermosa Beach, when we were playing uh, Tom and, and uh, Von Hagen, uh, Tom winding up to hit a ball, he hit it so hard, I happened to just stick my hand out just to the right, just a little bit, and it hit right on my, right on my hand and bounced about 30 feet up in the air. And all these people were going, oh, wow, oh, wow. Well, I hurt my hand on that damn ball. <laughs> damn you, hand. you got to get out of the way of that next time or else I'm getting rid of you. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Ron Lang laughed when he, when, when he Yeah, I believe it. He's got that little evil laugh when it comes out, too. Oh, it's kind yeah, of funny. Right. Diabolical, I call it. Everybody looked up to Lang. the guy. He was the guy. You know, so mental, so tough. 
a town hitter, but boy, could he do everything else. And he was the best defensive player, too, although I, I thought Tom Shamalas ranked right up there in defense, too. So you had uh, uh, Jimmy Mingus, and you had, uh, you know, Shamalas and Henry Bergman, Rundle. Rundle was unbelievable. I've heard that I, from so I many really people. I really got my, uh, a lot of skills and form from, from those guys. You know, um, Matt Gage always said that, you know, oh, the yeah. guy that he looked up to the most uh, was, was Larry Rundle and that he just made everything look so smooth and effortless on the court as if he were, you know, just floating across the sand. It was a thing of beauty. Well, that's a good choice because I, I, I believe, believe that too. I took a lot of uh, visual information on, on Rundle. He's just, uh, like you said, just smooth. And, and there's another one, uh, Matt Gage. Not too shabby, but... Yeah, most of your top guys that finish one through four are, you know, know how to hit the ball. But the ones I've said, Shamalis and Rundle, they were the best of the best. That great story that you told from Hermosa when your uh, <laughs> hand uh, felt the Shamalis's wrath, was that in that uh, the Hermosa final that you and Mingus won in July of 76, I believe it was? Yeah, you know how sometimes you can just get at one with the ball? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, the score was about 13-13. That's when Tom Shamalas hit that ball. And I made, uh, of course it was luck and, and the skill too. But uh, it was toward the very end of the game, uh, the match, and, and I think people saw the, that that dig, and then and they, the crowd switched over to me, <laughs> and was waiting for me to do another one like that. And, and he did; he came up to hit another ball like that. But I remembered I was smart. I didn't let him hit it again. <laughs> I just backed away, <laughs> give him a point, you know. Yeah. But anyway. That, that was uh, that happened uh, on that tournament. That one that you dug, did it go up? I guess could get us get you a set, and you could put it away, or did it? Uh, oh hell, they could all have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Come and, back thirty minutes later; it's coming down. <laughs> yeah, we had a good old time. We had a couple beers. <laughs> yes, smoked a couple stogies. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple stogies. And, you know, rabbit, you're lucky, you lucky bastard, you, you know, yeah. lucky. Hey, God, ever said, I said, uh, you want to see it again? Yeah, yeah sweet, I'll, oh, do it. I'll do it with the other hand this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just to... Anyway. That's awesome. Now, uh, aside from you on that Chamalas dig, who were uh, the best defensive players, both indoors and on the, the beach? Well, I'm going to go for um, Tom Shamalas, Rundle, uh, J- 
Jim Mingus, I will. He was he was pretty darn good. Greg Lee was 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 good. And of course, Matt Matt Gage was uh, wonderful. He was so consistent. Never missed a pat. Well, uh, I think I told you in the last talk that uh, Jim Mangus never missed a pass for one whole summer. And it was just, it was astonishing, but he was such a great control player. I tell you, Buzz wasn't bad, bad either. He, he was a wonderful player. Captain Buzzard, yeah. Captain Buzzard, yeah. And like I think I told you last time, we just didn't get much involvement with him because they were in an area playing where not players would go down because I never went down there and I and I, I would have loved to have hooked up with him and he, he he ended up playing with the blowfish quite a bit and they were a good team yeah yeah uh, and Wally and uh, yeah he's uh, yeah he and Matt were played a lot together too so yeah they, oh, yeah, they started they started out together yeah, Long Beach State uh, 49ers, those, all three of those guys. They're on the Wall of Fame there, too, now, as of uh, this last uh, spring. I think they all got inducted, and Rocky Ciarelli, and um, it was kind of neat. I think they all were able to get together for, like, a dinner and a golf outing with other players that were inducted onto it, and they said it was just like old times. They hadn't seen, some of them hadn't seen each other. Imwali hadn't seen them in you know, multiple years. I know Buzz and Matt get together in golf, but, uh, and he said it was just like they picked up like they had just seen each other yesterday at the beach. I thought that was a neat story and well-deserved yeah. for them. Yeah, that's the way it goes. You know, I haven't seen somebody for a long, long time, but once you see them, it's just like yesterday. Yep. That's the bond you guys will always have from that uh, special era that you played in, I think. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, now, uh, would Lang be in that discussion, too, for your uh, top defensive players when it came to digging? Daddy? <laughs> you said that, Daddy not me. Daddy didn't even get a No, he was, he was definitely um, uh, one of the best defensive players. <laughs> Probably could have been number one. He was just so good. You mentioned Andy Fishburn and Dane Selznick. I I know they were a heck of a team when they played together. What uh, what what were they like when you you played, and what made them so strong? Well, any strong team is going to be uh, how how well you side out, and um, they were they were great at that. Uh, you know, see, Buzz played with uh, Matt Gage, and they won the Manhattan Open. I forget what year it was. Maybe seventy six, seventy five. I believe it was seventy two. And you, uh, the reason that I remember that is um, when I interviewed Gage, he mentioned how uh, they beat Rundle and Clem in the uh, winners finals, and he was so ecstatic to beat his idol that he didn't lost his mind and he ran around the court. Which I like, Hill Irwin. <laughs> it was slapping everyone's hand, and I just, you know, being the praised, you know, just polished guy he is, I just think it would be fascinating watching him run around the court like a little kid. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I wish I could have gotten to know him better and played with him because he was a 
very controlled side out player. And, uh, you know, side out teams like Mingus and Lee were a great side out team. Just never, because we played them three times in the finals that summer, twice in, once in Laguna, once in Huntington. And the other one, I think it was at, Mer- at uh, Hermosa. So I got to know, know him and his game pretty well, and it was pretty awesome. He's the one, the one I told you that cigar from his left and right mouth. Yeah, was he? Were they lit, or did, was he bringing them down to celebrate with after oh, no, the tournament? Oh no, he's smoking them. I don't know when those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't know. Uh, if you had to pick a best, the best team that you ever witnessed or played against. Uh, out there on the beach, who who would uh, your vote go for? Besides Vogel saying and whoever he's playing with, that, that is, of course. <laughs> so this is, uh, the best team that you ever witnessed out on the court or played against, you know. Rundle Bergman. Yeah. I picked them. Uh, they're a little too powerful for uh, Lee and Mingus, so I would pick them as number one. Did you see? I remember. I, I kind of first got involved in volleyball. Yeah. I was at again uh, uh, Festival of Arts. Mm-hmm. And um, we had lost, and we were out of the tournament. Like we finished seventh, and. Mike and I played. We've had a terrible match. We were out of the tournament. I was walking around. And some guy says, "Well, you're out. Of, you're out of here, huh?" I don't know what if I should stay tomorrow or not. And he goes, "Well, this might help you out. There. They're having the um, the impressionists are having a show at the Museum of Art." And I was just getting into watercolors and starting to paint. You know, because it kind of ending my career in volleyball. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't keep up with those guys at that time. And uh, so uh, I get to the museum and I walk in and pay my money. And as I walked in, I looked down the end of the hall, and there was this painting, and it was it was beautiful. And it, it kind of grabbed me and held me and pushed me toward it until finally I got to about 15, 20 feet from the painting. Mm-hmm. And it it just blew me away. And right then and there, I, I said, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. How neat. You know, your volleyball career is winding down. And you uh, see a new door open into the art world at that right, museum. Right, right. And it didn't matter how much I knew or this and that. It's just that I knew I was going to to uh, and do art. And the art was uh, obviously. I went out afterwards and started painting. <laughs> like a little, like I thought I was a little Van Gogh. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little Van Gogh who didn't know. Who didn't know. 
you sure do now. I've seen some of your stuff. It's really breathtaking. I, I love that book that you sent me. Not not, not just the, the Art of Beach Volleyball, but the one that features your your art. It's truly... Oh, the catalog. Yeah. yeah, it's truly remarkable. And Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you put. I'm your, not bragging too much about no, it. No, no, you're uh, you're on the Mount Rushmore of uh, artists now with uh, uh, with what you've been doing with that stuff. Uh, when it comes to the, you know, not many people can do what you you, you do. It's really cool. So. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's you had a gift and you had a love for it, and you put those two together. It's a pretty. Uh, you can do some amazing things. That's all I know. Well, thank you, thank you. I uh, I really enjoy um, talking speeches about art. So the art just it's just is it one of those things that it just you have in moments of inspiration and like kind of like a songwriter that can write like a classic song that is amazing and they do it in like two minutes because it just comes to them and flows. Whereas other times it takes them a month or two to come up with like a one line of lyrics. I always wondered how that inspiration came when you come up with some of the things that you do, your work. Well, I think you you start with an idea and you try to go out there and depict that thought in your mind. But a lot of times it's construction of, of it and, and deconstruction so you it may lead you, you I mean if you're working from a photograph you're not going to paint every little tree that's in there if you're doing a landscape yeah and you know you uh, you go with what your gut feeling is you know and the same as volleyball you know you have a gut feeling you, you know you can do it and that's it's doing it but the art has been, gosh, 40 years now, I think it is, something like that. So what, what I'll be doing in the future is a smaller, because I, I have a huge studio, it's about 800, 2,000 square feet. And, uh, did you build that studio, or was it uh, like, uh, uh, you know, or did you buy a home that had something similar and turned the, something about the house? In yeah. the studio, or how did that work? Well, it, had, it was like a two-car garage, and we cut out the walls and made it. It's got high ceilings. It's just perfect. Like, I can do a gigantic painting, mm-hmm. uh, a large one, because I love working big. But now, I'm going to be working smaller. And uh, so, it's it's good. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. How neat. Not too much volleyball anymore, but... <laughs> Wait a minute! I thought you said that you and I were—I thought you said you and I were going to make a comeback this summer. What, what happened to that? I measured you were too small. <laughs> yeah, there's no midget tour. He said, "Get lost, kid." Yeah, yeah. Oh boy! Well, what if I could jump like Storm and Norman, though? Would that help? Damn right it would. <laughs> no, I could jump maybe half as high as him. I've seen the photos. He was, he was uh, something else. Yeah, nice guy too. Good guy. 
Yeah, he's a very talented artist too. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I'll send you some pictures. He, uh, you know, he's retired now with his amazing wife Tony, and um, he uh, is in the Oceanside down in the San Diego area. And right. um, he had moved over there from Hawaii. He had taught art over there for, you know, I think like twenty plus years at uh, art and maybe math, I think, or at um, a high school there. And um, and now he's retired, and he's got a really amazing grandson that he loves to be around. And he does art. And uh, a lot of people are, you know, on the old school volleyball site. He kind of posts pictures of the stuff that he does in the processes, and then. Um, you know, people will end up buying one. So I bought a couple, and then like Gary Sato bought one, and other people have been buying them. I'll send you some some of the pictures uh, before I or after we get off the phone today, and uh, yeah. you could take oh. a you could take a look see, and then you can critique it and tell them to stick to volleyball in, in uh, Green Beret and <laughs> give up the art. <laughs> Oh, no, he'd come hunt you and I down. We wouldn't be here to talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> he'd, he'd go, he'd, he'd, he'd live up to his nickname, Storm and Norman, and teach us a good lesson. Don't oh, mess with uh, those green berets. I'm sure that um, the paintings that he does has some kind of a, a Hawaiian feel to it. Yeah. For living. Yep, lots of beach stuff, um, a lot of beach and ocean type things he, he likes to do. Um, so uh, he paints, Han, I think it's pronounced Hanus, turtles really well. That's my nickname for Gary Sato, who I always, he paints these, Storm and Norman uh, paints these beautiful turtles, and then I go, they remind me of Gary Sato. <laughs> Gary Sato, he's a good sport. He gives, he gives, he goes, that's right, Scotty, that's me out there. Uh, I like to give that him a hard turtle. time, but he's such a nice guy. He's he's a good sport. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like love the fact that you guys have that talent. I always wished I had could draw or I could paint or most importantly I wish I could play an instrument and be a rock star you know we, we could have had our steely Dan band going on Dennis but uh I'll be on the drums yeah you'll be like animal from the Muppets bang way back there so who are some of your favorite art I mean uh, musicians well you know the older I get being 48 now I I well I always was a rock and like metal fan and then, you know, growing up in the 80s, all that 80s type music was, was great. Um, but the older I get now, like I like to reminisce on a lot of those great 70s bands that played, whether it was the Eagles or America, um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, just, what, you know, Gordon Lightfoot, these bands that just were amazing songwriters that, you know, we'll, we'll probably never have. There was, it was just the, just like the volleyball was for you guys. It was just like the the perfect time and they had these great musicians and it was just the perfect atmosphere to make so many amazing bands and so many great you know songs it's you know I don't know if we'll ever get back to that again everything's so processed and you know I like stuff when bands can, when they play live they sound just as good as they do on the record that's the way it should be yeah yeah I hear you there 
pick out some good ones. Yeah. I know you mentioned Steely Dan was one of your faves and reminds you a lot of that era. Who uh, who would be on your playlist? Um, the Monkees. Because <laughs> <laughs> you like to monkey around, Dennis. I know. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, there's so many I have. Uh, I mean, I like jazz to connect to heavy metal, even Metallica. I like a lot. Yeah. And good and for you. The electronic uh, world and Talking Heads and uh, Radiohead, another great band. Sure. Anyway, there's so many that I, I, I just couldn't go through them all. Yeah, well, that's a pretty uh, broad range right there. I, I can see I like all uh, many of those as well. Do you listen to music when you're painting in the background, or do you like silence or just natural sound? No, I, I can do both. It, it, I, I kind of like it. the best, I think, is with music. Mm-hmm. And so I would drive my van around so if I found a place that I thought would be a good painting spot and I had some really good luck in uh, Monterey I had this uh, well this one painting I was doing uh, up in uh, uh, kind of a landscape scenery place not that far from the volleyball court that I told you about yeah and You got some inspiration there, listening to music in the van and, and then uh, painted away. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. And this concludes part five of our interview with Dennis Hare. Thanks for tuning in for it. As a reminder, please make sure to visit our website, which is godstoghosts.com, and also stay tuned for part six of our interview with Dennis forthcoming. Thank you.